Thank you, Narissa, for sharing with us. Really appreciate that. This morning, um, we're dealing with the analogy of today. We're always doing these analogies. <laughs> uh, because what happens is, as we deal with the analogy of today, let me move some things around here, get the cell phone stuff out of the way. But as we deal with the analogy of today, um, sometimes we just float into things. <laughs> and so I said, well, let's, let's just ana uh, analyze this thing called today. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. And as we come to your word, thank you for uh, all the things that uh, you shared with me. Give me the presence of mind to be sensitive to the saints of God, to share uh, to their hearing, to their hearts, and I'll leave the results to you. But may, may it be a, a defining moment for us today as to what we will do today, not tomorrow. It's not promised. Yesterday is past, but what we will do today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. It would be good to always, always turn it on. Okay, so as we, uh, we come then to look at uh, the analogy of today, we'll start with the verses. Then one of the criminals who were uh, blaspheming him saying, Father Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. You know, you reap what you sow. But this man was, has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What beautiful words the Lord was saying to this man. So as we define the term, it is a set period of time that happens only once. It is sandwiched between yesterday and tomorrow. Today will only happen, happen once, and that's it for today. You cannot repeat it. It's today. If you not, have not worshipped God, if you have not put him uh, first today, who promised you tomorrow? And I'm getting ahead of myself probably. The whole idea is that today you are writing a net, another page in the history of your life. Today. And today is not determined by the clouds or if it's raining and everything. Today starts always in the spiritual when God graciously woke you up. And then he started your today. And he built into that day uh, today a number of things. If you do it right, you'll get encouragement. To do it right, you'll handle whatever challenge that will come your way. To do it right, you'll enter the, uh, enter the day and go through the day and still say, I love the Lord and thank you, Lord, for today. Have you ever had a day where you, I'm so glad this day is over. You ever had one of those type of days? 
may I encourage you, don't, don't say that, don't, please don't say that. I'm so glad this day is over. <laughs> Just say, Lord, thank you for today. Uh, it was a rough day. Uh, I learned some things. I did not like some things, but at least I have today. There are some people in the grave that don't have today. Okay. Okay. In the uh, continuing uh, range of time, the word today contains these dynamics. It recalls our thoughts, decisions, actions, and outcome of yesterday. It provides opportunities for making choices that will address our present situation that will impact the dynamics of tomorrow. It is delim it's limited and designed only to operate in the preordained frame of time, which is what? Now. Every day that we are developing a history that others will be affected by it, live well to the glory of God. So then, as we look at this, uh, today is when we have a chance to reflect on what happened yesterday. You laugh about all your childhood. You can do it today, you know. Today, you can look back at all the things that have happened, and you've seen how God has brought you through it and everything else, and you thank God today for it. And I trust that that's why you came with your A-game coming to morning worship. I thank you, Lord, for today. That at least coming to morning worship, look out. Did, were you, did you come in a wheelchair or did you walk? Then thank God. Can you hear me? Good. Well, how many fingers do I have? Then all thank God that you can see it, that you can walk for today. It's not promised tomorrow. He brought you through yesterday. So that you can experience all of these, and we take all of this for granted until something goes wrong. So I think it's so important that we begin to grasp, and I'm going to break it, break it down to three parts when we talk about today. When we, we talk about this whole idea of grasping uh, today, and, um, and as we go further in on it, um, As we uh, consider the storyline and other uh, notations, let us put this word today in perspective. Number one, our today affects our tomorrow. Our today will probably reveal a defining moment. Our today may be the last opportunity to change. So let's first deal with our day might affect our tomorrow. Let's, let's pull it out. And when we think about the whole idea of um, our day may affect our tomorrow, each one I want to throw a storyline so that you'll, you'll see what's going on. You know the stories, okay? So I'm just put, putting it into what I'm going to deal with the whole idea of today. So it says, then one of the criminals who uh, were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself. But the other answers rebuked him, saying, do you not even fear God, seeing that you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly are, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing. Then Jesus said to, to, um, to Jesus, he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Let's look at, uh, at the word today in the life of the thief on the cross. Number one, 
he was an unimportant, he, he was unimportant because he was, was dying, uh, identified as a thief. That's, he, he just was a dying thief. Nobody cared what his name was. He was just a dying thief. That his day, he, he, if he was here, he said, my, the day that I came into was I was on a cross and I was a dying thief. I was rejected by the world on my way to be thrown into eternity. I was a dying thief. He said something else. His eternity, his destiny was inevitable. At the beginning, his uh, initial words were harshly spoken to Christ. He's, and he'll tell you, at the beginning of my day, I was on the cross and I harshly was talking about Christ and railing him like with the other people. And you know what? God, guess, guess what? God could have permitted me to go through that day. And he could have permitted me to go through the And my tomorrow would have been entirely different. Something else about this man. His life was miraculously changed. And you ask the question, what happened from cursing in the morning to toward the evening Defending Jesus. He's downplaying and then he's defending Jesus. Did anyone, was there an evangelist there? Did someone point things out to him? It, it really impacted the whole idea of this. Jesus Christ said earlier, no man comes to me except what? The Father draws him. You see? And what happened? of Calvary was that man was getting ready to be ushered out into eternity but the mercy of God chose not to cause him to suffer uh, the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels but God clicked on the light in his mind from railing to revealing this man is a righteous man and Lord, and notice what he says. He said, Lord, when you enter into your kingdom, which means what? I call you Lord. I know who you are. And I know you got a place you're going. And I'm not going there. So when you, but when you enter, here's, here's the, uh, the, uh, the, the definitive part. He says, he didn't say if you enter into your kingdom. He says, when you enter into your kingdom. He said, I, I got a request. <laughs> Remember me. Remember me. Um, his words were, were used as a defense. His words were used in recognition. On that day. And he'll tell you, he says, if I told you about my today, my today is that God rescued me. His words were used uh, to petition for forgiveness. Observation. The thief probably would have said, my defining moment was when I realized my need to be saved. Not tomorrow, but today. It was now or never. When you're, when you're witnessing the individuals, let them understand Tomorrow is not promised. It's today. And a person may start off the day all messed up, 
Understand, God gets into your day and can make a difference. He was hanging between dying before men and the retribution, and then when he died, he was going to fall right into the angry hands of God, burn forever. There was nothing stopping him. No one cared. He was just another thief next to this Jesus who called himself God. And Jesus Christ made a difference when he said to him, today you'll be with me. To be with him, number one, you had to be changed. To be changed, you must believe. And to be with me means that where I am, you're going to be. To be with me means that when I walk before the angels, guess what? <laughs> You'll be with me. That's what I, I like about the whole day of believers. The blessed hope that we had, it started when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And it's important to understand, you cannot live a raggedy life and say that you love Jesus. Stop it. You're lying to yourself. Here's, here's number two. Our day will probably reveal a defining moment. Let's check out this defining moment. He entered into Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Now, each one was, I mean, the thief was taken from folks, and the rich man taken from folks. Both of them were thieves. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. He would say, I was a short man. Couldn't see over the folks' shoulder. So he ran on ahead and climbed uh, into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus? Hurry down, come down. Hurry, come and come down. For I must stay at your house, what? And so he hurried down and came and received them joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled and was gone. gone he has gone into the guest of a man who is a, a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of all my goods. I give to the poor. And if I have defraud anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. He's going back to the Old Testament, whereas if you did a person wrong and, him, uh, and you, were, you were a thief or anything else, you had to repay them fourfold, whatever you took. So I guess some people were hoping, take this too, because I'll get fourfold, and take this too. Because the rule was, if you steal it, you have to, you have to give it back fourfold. And so he said, Lord, I'm giving them back fourfold. And Jesus said to him, what? Today, salvation have come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. His profile, a chief tax collector. The man was rich. A lot of folks are breaking their necks to be rich. 
the deceitfulness of money is that once you have it, <laughs> the way you hold it, one there's a point where it'll get a hold of you. And you actually think that you're better than others. You know what the next step that money will take you? It'll take you to the point when you have so much money that you actually feel that you have power yes. over people and things. You'll get to the point of having so much money that when you say something, people will say, oh, you're so wise. That is so deep. Let's write down what you say. And you actually believe. And all of that God can take from you just like and he said, Lord, here's where salvation come in. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creation. Old things are. And behold. And guess what? He turns around and he said, Lord, half of all my goods, half of it, I'm going to give it to you. He didn't say, well, a quarter of. He said, a half of. Did the Lord ask for that? You see, one thing happens when you begin, when you come to know the Lord. You learn about love. Love always gives. Okay. And he says, half of, he said, and if I defrauded anyone, he says, fourfold, four times, I'll do it. So as we look at that, his possession, he was rich. His pursuit, he was seeking, running, climbing, and trying to get a better view. Now understand something. According to his day, all I wanted to do was see Jesus. When you have a person who wants, and that's, it's amazing how God draws people. He, he drew him by the whole idea of, I want to see Jesus. I'm too short, but I got to see him. He climbs up on a tree. He has a little bit of height to see Jesus go by. And to his shock, but all the crowd, as Jesus is going by, Jesus stopped and looked up and knows what he said. He said, hey, you, come down. He knows you by your name. Zacchaeus, who, me? Yeah, who, me, sir? Yes, you, sir. You know, come down. And, and he came down and said, because I want, I want to have dinner with you. And boy, you're talking about excited. All he wanted to do was see Jesus, and Jesus is coming for dinner. And here are the haters have already classified him, probably would have never forgiven him. But to the utmost, Jesus says, come, let's, let's have dinner together. As we, as we watch these scenarios, watch how Jesus acts. When people are in a desperate situation and sometimes don't know how to get out of it like the man on the cross, be ready to say when God changes them, you'll be with me in paradise. Encourage them. When you see a person who really seeking and you see that drive, befriend them. So that you create an environment that is conducive for God's word changing their hearts. We understand uh, who, had, who was what, why was uh, trying to do, how it was initiated and when and where it took place. But there is the last question.
Why? Why did why did stop? Why did he do the last? All the other questions are satisfied. John six forty four. Let's read together. No. This is why no one, and I've said it again, no one comes to the Father. I don't care how many churches you go to, how many, uh, how many prayer meetings you go to, you can't come to God unless God draws you. I carry around me with a, I have a, I'm always on a, a eBay getting stuff. And I, was, uh, and, I, and I bought a bunch of magnets, they're real small magnets. And the purpose of the magnets, uh, a number of things, is that um, uh, Karen has a, um, let's see if I have it in my other pocket. Uh, Karen has one of those uh, uh, pedometers, and, uh, and it's smaller than mine. And what she needed was, it, it had to be changed out. And the screw was so, it was so tiny. And I said, now how can I get that screw stabilized? So what happened was I put the magnet onto the screwdriver and that uh, enabled me to unscrew that, that small screw. And with that same magnet, I put it back in there and tightened it up. I said, hey, that's pretty good, Don. I said, thank you very much. You did a good job. I talk to myself sometimes like that. And um, because, you see, the, 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 it's, it's the magnet of God's word. And I don't care how small you are. I don't care where you are. God has you before the have chosen you for the foundation of the world, and He will draw you to Him. I have never heard of or read of where someone had fallen outside of God's drawing. They may have fallen outside of God's calling. He calls all men, but those He wants to save, He draws them. You are special. Why he does that, why he chose you above those who are uh, in uh, foreign countries and they're dying in this, I don't know. Why he saved me, I don't, all I know is that I'm glad he did save me. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that the blood uh, took me to the judicial courts and there he declared me innocent. And at the same moment that he declared me innocent, he declared me one of his children. Instead of getting judgment, I have it all. Access to the throne of God. Holy Spirit walked me through the course of the day. A fabulous future. A church family. The whole thing was added. And, and God did it. Zacchaeus would say, I tell you, I had the money. I had it all. And I was still empty. I was climbing trees. It just wasn't enough until Jesus came and called me by my name. And his magnet pulled me down. And I was willing to give it all up. And I said, I'll give half of all that I, uh, uh, all my, my riches, and, and then whoever I mistreated, then fourfold. What a miraculous day in this man's life. In a thief's life, it was today. In this man's life, it was today. As we go, oh, go, go on here, uh, sorry, hit the wrong button. Romans 8.29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn of many brothers. And those whom he predestinated, he also what? 
called. And those whom called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And we talked this about this before. These are past tense words. And we've been justified. We know that. And, and the whole idea is now it says glorified. He's going to get us there. It's God at work in us but to will and to do his good pleasure. We're going to be, uh, we'll be glorified in a way that will glorify God. I believe that every day God our Father has something to offer that will exceed our expectations. And he always keeps it personal. What was fabulous to Zacchaeus was pathetic in the eyes of other folks. All he wanted to do was to see Jesus. I don't know whether he wanted to get saved. The Bible doesn't say, but he, all he wanted to do was see Jesus. And guess what? He got saved. The effect of Zacchaeus over his whole house was on that particular day. We shifted the one. Be very patient. Our today may be our last opportunity to change. So we bring up another character that you're quite aware of. And he told him a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plenty. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. You know that's blessed. And he said, I'll do this. Now he's talking to himself. Now, of course, none of you ever talk to yourself, right? But he was talking to himself. He and build larger ones, and there I will say, uh, store all my grains and my goods. That's what I'm going to do. In other words, make a plan. No. And I will say to my soul, so you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. He didn't say soul and other folks and family. He said it's a me factor there. And guess what? When you walk through that door, you came in with a, I don't know what the level of your me, but it's, it's always the desire for me. It's, it's, it's a comfortable inside for me. You know, it's, you know, does it really appeal to me? Then the Lord said, well, what did you come through the gates with? People be coming through the gates with Thanksgiving. And but we have that tendency to say, me. Then are we any different from this guy? He says, so, you have ample, you have plenty of goods laid up. Many years. Relax. And the whole idea, he's doing all of this planning. Who gave it to him in the first place? A lot of times, folks, they, they think, boy, you know, wow, I'm, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this. And boy, if I'm rich, you know, then I'm going to buy this home, and I'm going to buy this, and I'm going to buy this. All this you have to maintain, and it's going to be draining. And what if God caused you to lose everything? Everything. But he, oh, he's rich. He's at the pinnacle, pinnacle of his, his life. And God said to him, fool. I don't know what that was his actual name, but I mean, that's, that's the first thing he said. To Zacchaeus, he said, Zacchaeus. To the rich man, he said, fool. Zacchaeus was searching. This man was saving. And he said, fool, this night. 
or today, your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Amen. Then we have to ask the question, what does it take to be rich toward God? Understand, whatever it is, it has to be spiritual and not physical. When you're going to be rich with God, the thing that pleases God would be how much time you spend with him. And if you take a little test, rate yourself from 1 to 10, how much time you spend with the Lord? Well, Lord, you don't know how, how much I have in a day. Yeah, well, I do. I gave you the day. <laughs> but how much time have you spent with what I gave you today? Then if you, don't, if you can't deal with it today, then how am I going to give it? To, why should I give you tomorrow? So then we need to make sure that when it comes down being rich toward God, rich toward God, not only in time, because a lot of folks sit in the seat and say, I'm, I'm going to give God my time. And you sit there quietly for a whole hour and say, mm, I put my time in. <laughs> and the Lord says, excuse me? You may as well have gone on and did what you're supposed to be doing. So be rich toward God with your time. Be rich toward God with your study of God's word. Be rich toward God with your praise. Boy, I had to plan that out. Oh, wow. Isn't that why? Be rich toward God. And he said, he said in that memory, meaningful, manageable, and measurable. Start off small. And work on it. At least you started today. Be rich toward him. We, the Lord would not call us fools. Okay. Because the fools have said in Proverbs, there is no God. Okay. But we can act foolish. Trying to put in our, uh, our application. And the Lord said, no, you can't put your application in here. You belong to me. So be careful in, in that area. Um. His prosperity provided by God. His plans were without God. His projections were without God. His problem was with God. If you knew that this will be your last day, how would you manage your time and why? You know what the problem is? <laughs> what I think the problem is? You don't believe it. You, you're thinking, boy, you know, uh, I'm going to live tomorrow. You know. And so, we, so what we do is we start uh, philosophizing. Well, you know, if it was my last day. But the Lord said, no, I want you to get serious. If this was your last day today that I asked you this question, how would you manage your time and why? May it not be managing your time out of fear because perfect love casts out all fear. You manage your time out of wisdom and knowing that God wants more than our tides. He wants our time. So mark out that time. Put a time in your mind 
If you haven't had one, put one in your mind. Praise the Lord. This is, a, this is, a, oh, this is a, the first day that you put time in your mind. And you say, this particular time, I'm going to give to my God. Guess what's going to happen when you decide to do that? You're going to have all type of battles and thoughts and interruptions and things that you never thought would happen because you marked out a time to hang with God. But I want to challenge you to mark out that time and then develop that time and make that time sacred. That this is a time that I will hang out with my God. Well, at that point, you know that God would not call you a fool. Okay. And it's not a desperate time because you're not the thief on the, on the cross. It might be the idea of this man just being wasteful like this guy and unthankful and talking to himself as if God never supplied one dime to his life. And he still wasn't thinking ahead. He still was thinking short. No out there say he's thinking short? What happens when all of that storehouse go down? What do you call diminishing return? What happens when folks go on and they say, well, I'll be glad when I retire? The, uh, understanding the, the, the furthest length that they have mentioned is about 18 years past your retirement. So what's going to happen 18 years after? You know? I'm going to retire and I'll relax. But wait a minute. You're still on God's clock. He's still blessing you. You know what he didn't factor in? So take thy ease. Enjoy. Because I'll be healthy for that whole amount of time. Was that, did God promise any of that? So take thy ease. Because there will not be any hard times in my life. Because I have what I need to be satisfied. And God is saying, it's not enough, fool. You need me. And so, every day, God our Father will always have the last word concerning our life. May it be pleasing and honoring to him. I don't know why saints grab a hold of this word. I'm looking to hear, to hear the Lord saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Um, how often do you come to church? Yeah, there are times when I'm not able to make it. Okay. How much tithes have you given? Well, Lord, you know, I've been, been broken and uh, I couldn't find that 10%. It seemed like it was too hard. Okay. Then what was the last time you witnessed to someone? Well, Lord, they were looking too mean, and I didn't feel like getting beaten up that particular day. So I said, so I told I'll pray on it for to get strength to really talk to the souls. And then they, they think that at the end of the time, the Lord's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Two words. For what? Today, if he came to get you, for what? Would he, what would he say to you? For what? He says about, uh, about Moses, my faithful servant. About David. About Paul. About all of his leaders. 
Do you think that we're excluded? God wants us to use today. Choose today how you measure it out. Start with God, the big rock. Start with God. He doesn't mind you laughing and, and having fun. Just keep God in it. He doesn't mind whether, uh, you know, you spend time over. The, the whole idea is this. Do you still keep me in the center of your life? Because you see, when we analyze today, today may be our last, last day. And I think that's very important. One last thing as we wrap it up. Let's read it together. Today, seize the opportunity that God has given you. He may not be available tomorrow. Today, God dropped some things in your life. And God says, grab a hold of it. Because it will not, may not be here tomorrow. I know. You have your schedules. You have things that you're getting back. We, we were at, at the board. We were talking about... We talk about we talk about us. We talk about us. We talk about congregation. We also talk about us. And we were saying that Chicago Land Bible Fellowship. We are some busy folks. I mean, busy folks, and th that's a good thing. Uh, instead of saying, "Boy, we got the laziest congregation," <laughs> I so I, I love to use the word busy, and we have some great people. We just praise the Lord for you. Uh, the whole idea this morning is. Let's redefine and, and tune our day. That'll be in such a way that when you come to the end of the day, God is pleased with the things we do, think, and say. Is anybody ready for a tune-up? <laughs> I would like to pray for you. Would you stand and say, hey, I, I need that tune-up today. <laughs> if not, you can wait till tomorrow. But I'm praying before God our Father that when God tunes things up, there's a certain level that he twitches every situation. So when he finishes, he says, that's good. That's good. My prayer today is, oh God, tune my heart that when you finish tuning, you will say, not, I'm not care what other folks are saying, you will say, that's good. And when God says that's good, that means I can trust you what I'm going to give to you tomorrow. But today, the tuning is necessary. Father God, we pause. We thank you for the saints of God. We thank you, Lord, that it's possible. As a matter of fact, it's, it's very uh, possible. And we thank you for this opportunity to do some personal tuning in our lives. The psalmist 139 says, search me, O God. We start with the tuner when you ask God, search me. See, to see if there be any wickedness in me, Lord. And Lord, I just pray right now that you search us in those areas that we're holding back on you, O Lord. Help us to let it go. Because it's that flesh that keeps trying to hold on. And we forget that we have been bought with a price. A full price. And so, Lord, I pray right now for each one of the saints and myself that you tune us today. And if it's your will, tomorrow we'll be stronger because we tuned ourselves today to your will and to your way. 
and there might be one under the sound of my voice, that the reason that you are out of tune is because you have never asked Christ to be your savior. You are, quote, a sinner that is short of God's grace, but it's extended to you that if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and that Jesus Christ is God who have come into the flesh, that he died for your sins, and you asked him to forgive you of your sins today. Guess what? He will do just that. And so, Lord, I pray if there's one under the sound of my voice that is not saved, I pray for a spiritual tune-up that will change their life forever. For the believers, Keep tuning our lives, Lord. We have a tendency to slip. That old flesh of ours have a tendency to slip. Keep tuning our lives, Lord. So that we'll be exactly where we need to be. To be used greatly by you. Boys, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.